Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. Seems like we'll have to be because <laughs> this meeting is being recorded. Oh, you're not okay. So you're just about to start now. Okay, I didn't get that. Hats, Brendo. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really never going to get this. Am I? <laughs> What's going on? We only did one two days ago. I know this is it's, they're coming like um, and that one's not up yet either. No, I know mm. they're coming like um, what is it? No, nothing for ages, and then two buses at once. Yeah, pretty much. And not, but not just buses that um, buses buses we know as well. I know. How about that? So, last pod, we had our first return guest in Daz. Yep. And now we have our second returned guest. And, and hi, Seb, as well, because Seb was there, too. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and now we have a set. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, Who, hi, Owen. Very well. Good Where to talk you, to you guys again. I was, I was looking back, and it's been four months since we last spoke. So, good to talk yeah, to right. you. Yeah, right. You're kidding. Is that four months? Yeah, it's January. What, when we went to the farm? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, Although no, I've I've seen well, you since like, I I saw you when you dropped. It was like um, a couple of days before New Year's, maybe, and then published it. Oh, that's early Jan. Yeah, that's true. That's right. yeah. Like that. Oh my God, that's can't believe that's been four months. And then I saw you for the um the pet food uh, drop off. Oh, the pet food drop off. <laughs> yeah, pet food is wonderful. My fish is looking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right. So th- those that haven't um heard yeah, that, sorry, we, yeah. that pod, um, Owen, do you want to tell us who you are? Uh, yeah, so Beef Back Better, and uh, um, um, we did an episode in January, and you guys came and checked out the farm, so I'm doing a small uh, sort of regenerative organic beef production uh, enterprise in mid-north coast New South Wales, and a Bitcoiner for a few years, um, and just as soon as our government allowed me out of the country, I've taken the opportunity to come and check out El Salvador, so... You've pulled a, pulled us the farm. Well, I'm coming home in a week. Uh, oh, so really? It's only an ex- exploratory mission so far. Yeah. Oh, right, right. So tell tell us about. Um, so where are you? Sorry, El Zonte, did you say? Down in El Zonte now. Yeah. So Bitcoin Beach. Been here yep. for uh, three weeks and one more week to go. So yes, this isn't just a circle jerk of talking to people that we know. It's although that's quite fun too. But it is the actual point of this is you're in El Salvador. So rather than just um wax lyrical about places we've never been to because we've read three posts on Twitter. We thought it'd be better to talk to somebody who's actually been in them and, um, and uh, understands exactly what's happening. How, how is it? Well, it's amazing. I mean, I was really interested to see what it would actually be like here. And I was very keen to get out of the country just as soon as I was allowed to, at least just for a holiday and a bit of a reconnaissance mission. And so El Salvador seemed like the place because I like to have a bit of a reason for, for traveling. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing where to start it's uh the main cool thing is just meeting new bitcoiners every day so it's almost a bit of luck has been involved in the fact that this has become this funny little little beachside town in in el salvador has become a place where lots of freedom oriented bitcoiners are coming to check out and so um and just so happens that you can pay at almost every store with Bitcoin as well. So a lot of Bitcoin want to see how that works. And uh, 
and just this steady stream of other other Bitcoiners to talk to every day is just feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I I met a couple yesterday or the other day who actually a couple and another guy who said they're from Canada and Australia and they said they're proper Bitcoiners. They understood Bitcoin as opposed to shit coins and stuff. And they actually said that they'd never met another Bitcoiner. And I, I said, oh, what do you mean here in El Salvador? And they're like, no, no, never. No. We've never met another Bitcoiner. They were stuck in Canada. They got out just before the vaccine rules came in. Wow. They're and just you so right. Did you feel the pressure? Uh, I, it was so surprising to hear because, um, but I guess there's a lot of people in that boat, the people that genuinely understand Bitcoin, but um, haven't been able to, especially during lockdown times and stuff like that, haven't been able to find the, the tribe. And we've done it really thanks to the bush bash in Australia, at least mm -hmm. sort of three times a year we all get together. But um, yeah, yeah. And it's just, just great to be talking to other like-minded people, especially about freedom and about Bitcoin, about the economy. And we're all here. We've, we've all gone through similar um situations with the lockdowns and with getting completely screwed by our governments and wanting to find where else, you know, and wanted to see how it's going. So lots of stuff to talk about. And that's yeah, been well. great. Are you seeing, um, is everyone rocking around in like Bitcoin merch or are they all kind of, is it it's like, it's like a stones concert? No, yeah. Or, you know, to or, to you know if you're driving a V-dub or something, you another one drives past and you give each other a knowing nod, anything <laughs> like that? Or is it just everyone's a Bitcoiner just about? Um, so everyone's either all of the travelers are either bitcoiners or surfers yep uh, mm -hmm. and it's slightly more bitcoiners in el zonte but if you go down to el tunco which is kind of just 10 minutes drive away which is they call surf city <clears throat> um obviously there's much more many more surfers there uh no most people are dressing down and uh there's some bitcoin hats and bitcoin t-shirts going around but that's mostly the locals actually yeah uh who are associated with like hope house here or, or one of the other bitcoin related um sort of initiatives that are going on here so sorry what's hope house so hope house i, I probably can't give you the proper definition but i encourage you guys and your listeners to look it up so hope house is uh one of the institutions here that bitcoin um that the bitcoiners uh come to visit and and circle around and meet at and so it is a one of the things that is, is a co-working space so you can you can pay daily or pay monthly to have a desk in, a, in an air-conditioned room there in a nice place uh, it's also an education center for locals they do a lot of stuff for the kids english classes spanish classes classes on bitcoin surf classes all sorts of stuff there so it's a, a community project and it was partly funded by the original one of the original dudes here i haven't met him but mike peterson is one of the names of the original guys who invested in this area on the basis of it being bitcoin only and being a bitcoin circular economy and hope house is one of the things that came out of that mm. nice it's um so like correct me if i'm wrong then it's it, so my understanding of why el salvador has done what it's done is it's like there, there was there was guys that were bitcoiners in el salvador at el zonte that were running a thing called or bitcoin beach and then somehow jack mallers got in tow with them and then that became, um, you know, oh, well, there's a lot of people from El Salvador who moved to the States to, and try and remit money back um, back home. And they wanted to do that cheaper. So, you know, save the save the 20 20 percent um, Western Union fees. And then all of a sudden there was that grew. And then last year, not the 2021 Bitcoin conference, you got the announcement that El Salvador were going to go on to the Bitcoin standard. I guess going to a, a, what am I trying to say? Um, Make it legal tender. Legal yeah, tender. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So. 
Um, is that am I getting that? Is that is that right? And and like what came before? Like it wasn't Jack Mallers isn't he's made the obviously bigger and better and everybody's aware of it. But there must have been a big community there already. And do you get do you get a feel? Yeah, for I that? think. Yeah, well, I don't know it exactly, um, but I think that's yeah roughly right. So there was a, a community here, and it, they they called it Bitcoin Beach. Mike Peterson was one of the main guys. They actually developed their own wallet here. I'll probably get some of this wrong, so I apologise um, if that's the case, but. The little bits of info I've picked up since I'm here, basically, um, yeah. So the Bitcoin Beach wallet is is worthy of mention. It's actually a really interesting. Well, I just assumed it was just some just a normal sort of a Bitcoin wallet, but it's actually um, it's an open source project. It's on GitHub and can so you can sort of clone it or fork it or whatever. But it uses a to improve uh, reliability and ensure that fees are kept low. It has an on-chain wallet. It has a Lightning wallet, but it also has this community custody uh, intra-community ledger which is maintained in the back end by a bank. And the bank is the Galloy, G-A-L-O-Y. Um, and it's a really interesting model because it means you can just have usernames in the community here and people can interact. Even if like, even if there's a lightning liquidity problem or something, they can just do a, if I'm understanding it right, they can just do a, um, an intra-community ledger, uh, sort of a layer three maybe. Uh, within that Bitcoin Beach Wallet app. And that's all available on GitHub to make your own version of. And I think that's what the guys over in Guatemala at Bitcoin Lake are now doing. They're using that same code to make that wallet. Um, and yeah, and then Jack Mallis was involved with then rolling out Strike here. So uh, most outlets, even the small tiendas, the little, the little shops, um, accept Bitcoin. And most of them will have... A lot of them have Bitcoin Beach Wallet, a lot of them have Strike, and then a lot of them have the Chivo Wallet, which is the government one. Yeah. Um, there's a cool documentary that I just saw the other day called Bond to Unbind, which is about Bitcoin in El Salvador, and it talks about it a bit more. <clears throat> so I recommend that to you and and the listeners. Uh, Bond to Unbind. It's on YouTube. We'll link it. We'll link um, it. Yeah, don't stare which talks about yeah, which talks about the history a bit, and it's interesting. There's a government lady. I'm not sure her position exactly, but she talks about how, when that, uh, when the government decision and government announcement was made, and her point of view was that it was a bit opportunistic and, and not actually that planned, which surprised me. Um, so, the strike rollout and then the government decision to sort of go all in was a bit opportunistic in terms of the the social media coverage that Bekele was getting and so on, as far as I understand it. However, I have confirmed with a few people who know the president directly that he's been a Bitcoiner for a very long time. Him and his brother, you know, have been proper Bitcoiners for a long time. So it doesn't quite line up with... So maybe it was his plan indeed for, for quite a while. Um, so a lot of the... A lot of the shops were accepting Bitcoin already and using Lightning already, and especially with this Bitcoin Beach wallet, it's fantastic. Mm. Focused on El Zonto, but also already spreading throughout the country. And then Strike came in, which certainly adds a layer of reliability and ease of use to it because Strike just, just works very well. And and then the legal tender status, I think, I don't know when, when the big shops started accepting it as well. Uh, I'm not sure, but like all... Like 80, 80, not all the shops, but something like 80% of the shops now accept Bitcoin. Um, there are problems with some of the wallets, there are problems with some of the point of sale machines, there's problems with staff training. But man, it is amazing. You're walking around these little tiendas and all the hotels, hostels, uh, restaurants, and you can pay by Bitcoin and and with Lightning and no shit coins. 
Like yeah. no mention of any shit coins, you know. But even in, even in Australia where we have Brisbane Airport and, and stuff like that, that's, it's always like, oh, I'll pay with Bitcoin or pay with Litecoin or pay with Ethereum or pay with Bitcoin Cash. And just if they tried to do that here, the locals just would have been like, this is too confusing. It would have just not worked. So somehow it is just totally Bitcoin only here, which is amazing. That's awesome. So, so, sorry, I just was, since you've been there, um, what would you, could you put like a, a percentage on how many of your, or what, what, yeah, of your, how many of your payments have gone, you've paid through with Bitcoin? Or like sometimes, yeah, sometimes so you've had to go back 80, to the dollar? 80%. 80%? Yeah. Um, That's awesome. The, want- yeah, the, there's problems with the Chivo wallet. It, it's not very reliable. So that's a real shame because... Um, I was going to ask, I I was gonna ask that. Yeah, so what is, what is it about Chivo that that is unreliable? It just doesn't connect? It, it Payments fail? Yeah, I don't know. It seems to be a combination of things. And I've spoken to people who work like in the, in the Chivo wallet and it, it seems like that's it's changed the companies that provides it's changed and the staff has changed and it was a, an enormously uh, uh ambitious thing to roll out across um six million people and you know all the thousands of merchants so it was never going to be easy but unfortunately the a lot of people's first impression of bitcoin has not been favorable using that wallet and to answer your question well some of my examples like at the supermarkets the the point of sale machine that they're using has a low res screen. So the lightning QR codes don't work. <laughs> so then they say, oh no, the shop assistant, and I don't speak Spanish, so I'm struggling to understand what the shop assistant is saying in terms of, uh, you know, we can't use lightning. And I eventually worked out it was, that was the issue because the, the QR codes won't, won't, won't scan. So then like, no, you have to use on chain. And I'm standing there with all these stakes and stuff that I'm buying and thinking, well, I don't want to pay on chain because I don't know if it's going to accept zero conf. I didn't know if it would accept yeah. zero confirmation. And I've since learned that if you have replaced by free, sorry, replaced by fee, if you have RBF switched off, it will accept zero confirmation on chain. So if you are at the Super Selectos in El Salvador and you can't get the Lightning QR code to work, use on chain, disable RBF, and you can use zero comp. So, but nobody knows that. Like you, just knowing that's, that helps you be able to successfully pay with Bitcoin. But yeah, but I mean that's let's be honest. I mean that's a pain in the ass. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Like, and to expect somebody to go from no coiner to um, to knowing that is, I mean, yeah. if it's only if it's only way you're going to eat, you're going to learn. But um, but it's still not a good. That's not a good experience a, for anyone, right? Yeah, it's a huge amount of friction to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another issue is just the staff training. At the supermarkets, for instance, there's usually only one aisle or one person that knows how to do the Bitcoin transaction, so that makes it hard. Um, but sometimes payments to Chivo just don't work. Like, and you're just waiting. And Lightning shouldn't be slow. Lightning's, mm. you know, it's it finds a route or it doesn't, and it's usually very fast. But with Chivo, sending to Chivo from Blue Wallet, for instance, I've waited half an hour and then it just failed. Wow. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know what's happening in the back end because it's sort of a, you know, it's a custodial, it's a government-run custodial wallet. So, yeah. So the, the outlets that are using just a, a handheld device, they've got a phone or, or an iPad and they're using, and they've got Strike and they've got Bitcoin Beach Wallet on there and they've got Chivo, then, yeah, you can always make it work. But not all the shops have that and some shops just don't um, so when it Bitcoin w- at all. Okay, so, so when it doesn't work, do you <laughs> then just revert back to the dollar? Is that what happens? You have to have some dollars in your pocket so you can also pay by dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty much. Which sucks, but at least there's the op- at least you know you, at least there is the option, and yeah, it's just a case of, 
It will just be. I mean, word it's of, so, word, it's word so of new. Well, absolutely. But yeah. you know, once somebody, once somebody learns that the shop down the road has worked it out, they'll be like, they'll be like, how? Do, well, how did they work it out? They don't. They never have a problem with their payments. So how have they worked out? And then they'll be, oh, well, they're using Strike. They're just doing it on a mobile phone. Okay, that's what we'll do. I mean, people are not stupid. They'll work it out. But it's just going to be a. It's just a process. What about what about? Have you walked into a McDonald's or a Starbucks or any of those ones? Uh, not specifically, but um, they use Chivo. What are the? Uh, they are. They're, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know. I haven't been to either of those outlets. I don't know. But uh, we were the Walmart and all these places are accepting it. And uh, another one that's worthy of mention is Ibex. Ibex Mercado. That's super reliable as well. Their payment interface is fantastic. I met one of the guys from well, the the main guy here in El Salvador for Ibex and. I'd noticed the few outlets that were using that. It was just like super fast lightning, always working very quickly. Um, so I'm not sure about the bigger stores uh, like the the McDonald's and and the WalMarts. So not sure what one they're using. It's all it's yeah often it's just almost different at every place. But um, but the level of knowledge among the locals is pretty good. Like if if they are running a business and if they're accepting Bitcoin, they they'll be like. They'll just list the wallets like Blue Wallet, Moon Wallet, Bitcoin Beach Wallet, Shiva. They know the problems with each of them because they've been using them. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And to have not been distracted by shit coins, like it's just yeah. Remarkable. Well, that's that's so helpful actually if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the only yeah. real experience we have of that, other than with other Bitcoiners that we kind of have met and we know, is the the, the Bush Bash where we convinced them to take, um, you know, Lightning, uh, take Bitcoin via what, where, Moon. I think it was Moon. Think yeah, they, yeah. They, they downloaded it, and then for for their beer. And they and the, but the girl behind the bar had literally zero knowledge when we when we stepped in that pub, and by you know half past ten she was probably the biggest expert in the room. Well, and she was also hustling. Yeah, she was taking tips. Yeah, she was taking tips. <laughs> and stuff walking around there. with a phone. <laughs> but it just shows you if yeah. you do something regularly, you learn it really fast. Yeah. Um, and yeah. if you're in, you know, if you're in El Salvador and, and you're being encouraged by uh, kind of legal tender laws to do it, your fees are being almost some in some ways some people might say forced. Um, but you're going to learn real quick. Mm. Tell um, me, have you run into Max and Stacy yet? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was sort of, kind of stalking them a little bit. They they were here. They were staying very close. Um, but no, I haven't seen a friend of mine ran into them. But um, yeah, they're here. They're looking around and spreading the word like they do. But uh, our paths haven't haven't quite crossed it's, yet. It's a bit like um, you know, you go overseas and you say, "Oh, I'm from Australia," and then it's like, "Oh, my cousin's roommate's from Australia. Do you know him?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've met heaps of Aussies here, like they're understandably so. Um, but even some that live not far away, back home, which is which is funny. And yeah. I didn't know they were Bitcoiners, and they're going through the same thought process as me, like thinking about moving over here and really wanted to see what it was like. So was that one out. was that one motive for you potentially was to actually explore relocating? Definitely, man. I'm just feeling so stifled by our oppressive government, and I'm interested to see what the outcome of the election in a couple of weeks is mm -hmm. however i'm also not too hopeful that that will actually even make any difference um so so yes it's still not um clear cut in terms of where would be better in terms of the what's facing us in the next i think facing us in the next few years it's still not clear um, um but the the part that has been most amazing is just meeting meeting all the other bitcoins on a daily basis and in Alzante here you it's a very small village so you and if you don't if you're not renting a car or something you kind of just stay here and there's only there's probably like a dozen hostels and a dozen restaurants and 
half a dozen tenders and you know two of those hotels are really nice high-end where max and stacy stay and two really nice restaurants and then you know so it's quite small um there's not there's only i think there's only one atm here and then a bitcoin atm uh just to try to give you an idea and the roads here the roads aren't paved it's like dirt roads and little shacks on the beach and it's very simple but um but there's just this steady stream every day and there's a base an informal bitcoin meetup every day at sunset at this one uh sort of hostel called olas permanentes which is uh, like permanent waves in spanish um and you just go down by there every 5.30 or 6 and meet a whole new swag of Bitcoiners that are coming through here and want to talk about freedom and want to talk about escaping oppressive governments and uh, thinking about second citizenships or second residencies, or, uh, all the same kind of stuff, you know? So what, let me and, ask then, when I was uh, so, so 20-ish, I did the sort of back, Scottish guy backpacking to Australia and Asia, that kind of... Um, um, yeah, thing that people do. They call that, um, don't that? they call it sex tourism? Sex tourism, tourism yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there was a, to be fair, to be, we're going to be honest. Um, but, um, but there was this, um, every time you met someone new, there was this, like, what's your name? Where are you from? Where have you been? You're having to go through this almost yeah. to the point where you felt like getting a t-shirt printed to say, yes, I'm doing this. This is the route I'm taking. So what is there, is there some way that like this, this regular conversation that you start up with in, in the backpackers in El Zonte? Oh, voice is gone, sorry. <clears throat> like, how do you um, how do you establish that somebody definitely is a Bitcoiner? Do you have to sort of look at them and go, you, you nod, or what, what happens there? I haven't been able to identify them just by looking at them, but it can ask pretty quickly. Like, what brings you here? It's either surfing or Bitcoin. Yeah, and, yeah okay, okay. Um the surfers are mostly open to hearing about Bitcoin as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, we go through some of the same small talk, like, where are you from, what's here, and the, the, what's then... Re- Astonishing is just how similar the stories are, but there are yeah. people here from all over. Uh, I was thinking not as many from Asia, which is probably due to proximity, but uh, lots of uh, Americans and Europeans and Australians and Canadians. A lot of Australian and Canadian refugees, like Canadians who literally escaped just before the, the vaccine rules were implemented. Um, some who because you, you still, know, yeah, I don't think you can get out of. Can you can you get out of Canada yet if you're not being vaccinated? Well, not officially, no. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was... Yeah, like this, yeah, they're literally refugees. Um, yeah. you can get, if you can get into the US, then you can then you can get down here. Uh, of course, yeah. Um, even if you go through Mexico or whatever. But um, yeah, so there's the normal small talk and quite quickly then you... But, but it's great because you don't have to filter out all these, yeah. you know, normies. You just, you yeah. don't really have to filter out the normies. And, and the surfers are still freedom oriented kind of surface, I think that, that I've met so far. So they'll, they'll be open to hearing about Bitcoin. And then there's a few shit coiners and we just, there's a zero tolerance policy here. It's fantastic. That's it's so just good. like, it's like, we're not talking about that shit. And, mm-hmm. um, but you know, there are some who are still early in their learning process. So they are still interested in shit coins. And so we try to do our part and, and guide them in the right direction. But, um, there's this strong peer pressure like you almost don't have to because it's just like nah man it's bitcoin only like let's yeah, yeah. not talk about that shit and they're oh okay right yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> but if it, as a small you know it's a small place with um with a steady stream of tourists that probably were never coming before now um that, that the 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 boost to the economy there must must be huge are, are you can you physically see improvements or are locals talking about improvements because of bitcoin or is that not do you not think that's apparent yet 
Um, well, there's so much happening here and I'm only getting a snapshot of while I'm here, so it's hard to tell. I'm trying to talk to as many locals as I can, but my Spanish is not very good. So it's only the locals who have very good English, but I've been asking them as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, see, well, certainly for El Zonte, yes, it was only surfers and now there's like a whole new, um, there's many more Bitcoin than surfers coming here now. So it would have to have improved the income from from the travelers and the, the hostels and the hotels seem to be doing well. I mean, some of the, the street food vendors and stuff like that, like it's still pretty quiet here. It's still some nights they're out making pupusas and there's not many customers. It's okay. still very quiet. Um, but they also, you know, I don't know, because I think probably most of their visitors are still just locals on weekend trips coming down from San Salvador because it's only a 40 minute drive. Mm-hmm. And so, Salvador is like a thousand meter elevation. That's sort of nice and cool, a bit cooler up there. But uh, going to the beach is a big affair and they'll come down and they're having a great time there. So the place is full of locals on the weekends. That's probably, maybe that's still their main income, but perhaps half of it now is is tourism and at least half of that half is Bitcoiners, so I'd say more. Uh, so it would have to have made an improvement. Yeah, but, it's, but the, the other things that have happened in that same time, it's like inflation's happened. So some people... Um, that I spoke to locally think that it was introducing Bitcoin that caused the prices to rise, mm. which is yeah, an understandable okay. you know, yeah, way sure. for them to have experienced it. It's like, oh, when, when Bitcoin came in in the last couple of years, all the prices went up. And, yep. um, and of course, my point of view on that is that's sort of unrelated, or almost entirely unrelated, and it's just due to the inflation that's going on. The other thing that's going on, of course, is this new, new government like Bekele. What he's doing here is is really huge and reaching all aspects of the society. And <clears throat> a lot of people uh, are very sceptical and understandably so, because you should be sceptical of governments because they almost always do turn evil and perhaps his government will as well, or maybe not evil, but you know, have unintended consequences that are negative and always happen to the government. So why, you know, that they're, they're understandably um, sceptical of what he's doing. Um, and the, remember too, they're in the second month of a state of emergency here. So for us travelers, it feels extremely free having left Australia and, and, and for gringos here, it is, you are free. Like you're not going to get, it's very safe. I have not had any issue, not even seen any issue remotely, um, risky or, you know, dangerous or haven't heard of any robbings or anything like that. The locals were really friendly and would look after you if you were in trouble, I'm sure. Um, but what's happening in the background, like if you if you believe the numbers that Bekele is publishing on Twitter and so on, like it's 25, 26, 27,000 gang members now have been arrested in the last two months and they're all in prison. Yeah. That's a lot of people in prison for a small country. And, mm. um, and unfortunately, it is unavoidable and it's expected. And, and a few locals have told me that absolutely innocent people have been caught up in that. So, and you can, if you are suspected of being associated with the gangs here, if you're a local and you're suspected of being associated with the gangs, they'll just come and arrest you. And you, wow. you might not get trial for a long time. So when we say to them, oh, we're here for the freedom, yeah. <laughs> they look at you pretty funny and go, man, like, you don't know what a lack of freedom means. Yeah. So, so yeah. Back, back to the kind of skepticism, are you kind of seeing or hearing much anti-Bitcoin rhetoric? Um, 
No, it's in, mostly it seems to be the, the only thing I've heard is that they associate it with the prices going up. Um, uh, it's discussed in that documentary I mentioned earlier too, because like the US dollar was only introduced here uh, not that long ago. I've forgotten what year that was, but so their own currency went to shit and then they introduced the US dollar. And so there's still people that are unhappy about that because they saw that that was, um, that that caused prices to go up too. So they're sort of thinking, oh, okay, Bitcoin's the next, the next stuff up. Uh, but no, for the most part, people are just very curious and interesting to see what's going on and happy to accept it, uh, in my experience. And, and overall, people seem very supportive of the current government. We're not just, well, so people seem very supportive of the current government, um, kind of in a way with the exception of Bitcoin. They're, they're really wary of the Bitcoin thing, but <clears throat> I haven't heard anyone being totally against it, just a bit cautious and wanting to learn more. Yep. and not sort of understanding why it might actually end up really, really saving the country. So I've been talking about that a bit. Yeah. But for, for all that that can be, that. that can feel a little bit frustrating, you, you absolutely want them to be like cautious and, you know. Investigating. Yeah, <laughs> critically, asking critical questions and stuff. That's Entirely. good. It's a good thing. It, it may be not in the short term it's frustrating for people who understand, but in the long term that's wonderful because yeah. they might go out and go, well, Chivo's garbage and they'll, I'll go use, you know, something else, some open source wallet. You know, that could really be the silver lining of Chivo not working that well is that they're actually going to use self-custody. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty cool way to think about it. Yeah. It's, it's like everything in Bitcoin. It's like when you think you see you know two three four five years ahead you and it dawns on you you're like oh why has everybody else not got it yet well but the reality is you only just got it that second right yeah so you, you can't expect every, all, all of a sudden everybody to just you know have the have the f full understanding or even be asking the right questions or asking the right people which is about being open-minded you know as soon as somebody is kind of just instantly dismissive like you know case in point many of my colleagues or mm. you know whatever it's just it's you just sort of bang your head up against the wall, and at some point you just go, "No, nah. it, it's hurting my head." Yeah, it's kind of come, but it's, it's see once you go through a full cycle, and I'm interested in you're taking this on too as somebody who has, um, you kind of feel the different stages of it. Yeah, there's the excitement stage when when the price is running quickly, but there's also the when the price when it's this death by a thousand cuts stage, um, you really see people go. They either, you know throw the toys out the pram and go this is a scam and blah, blah. Or, or they go they double down and they learn and mm. that is that's the time when that's the time when the bitcoiners are actually made um and so you kind of need those heart you know the people who just get their head either they get their head down and learn or get their head down and build in times like this are the ones who come out of it two years or three years from now so well yeah um and everybody else goes oh shit that i should have could have maybe did have. yeah he got lucky he was yeah he got lucky yeah yeah, and I don't know how many, um, so I suppose with, uh, I think it's accurate to say, so with Chivo and with Strike and with Ibex, the vendor can decide whether to instantly transfer to US dollars or to keep it as Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people are, are just keeping it, are just getting it as dollars. Um, I suppose, you know, if they're using one of the other wallets, if they're using Blue Wallet or Moon or, or um, even the Bitcoin Beach wallet, um, I don't think it allows automatic conversion back to dollars, but yeah. So the, all these people are learning now, and, and what a great time! Like it's with the price tanking the way it is. Um, yeah, they're all learning now, and nobody's uh, seems to be complaining 
too much here. They're certainly learning about the volatility of it, I guess. Um, and those that have just been converting it all to US dollars in the back end will will also learn, you know, in a couple of years that perhaps they shouldn't have been doing that. But it's all similar lessons that we had to go through, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I've, I've got a question. So when you, people are paying in Bitcoin over there, how how are things priced, I suppose? So it, oh, it's priced in US dollars. Okay, so, and is there no incentive? Like are people kind of saying, all right, it's cheaper in Bitcoin or if you pay in Bitcoin, it's cheaper? Haven't seen that. Oh, there was a promotion at the next beach along at Palmacito that was supposedly 50, all vendors using Strike were offering 50% off oh, that's uh, for one weekend. I don't know whether Strike organised that or whether just the local vendors organised it. I didn't actually get there to, to see it myself, but generally not, no. Generally, it's just uh, whatever exchange rate the wallet that they're using or you're using comes up with based on USD price. Yeah. yeah. That's that, that, be, that'll change, I reckon. It will change, but it's just that's going to be super. And even, even the solid hardcore bitcoiners right now probably if they're honest with themselves are not thinking in the in sats right they're not saying yeah. oh there's a there's yeah. a chocolate bar that's 400 sats or something whatever that you know when the back well, of the with the big price dump in the last few days i think people may have reverted to spending dollars rather than their bitcoin yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure it's, um, i think there was another promotion at one of the hotels that was like half price coffee if you pay with bitcoin so the little bits but not very coordinated okay mm. that's good yeah because we're just just going back to what we were talking about previously was it just sort of an, maybe an explanation for people where if you have a country that um are a u.s you don't have their own currency and they're on a u.s dollar um when the u.s prints lots of dollars as they have done the last couple of years that obviously devalues the rest of the dollars the caveat to that is if you're one of the per- people that receives those dollars you actually potentially could do quite well mm. right but if you're one of the people who don't receive the dollars, obviously the value of your dollar got less, right? If you're in a country like El Salvador, you're on a US dollar standard, and there is no way you're getting, you're not even in the conversation to getting some of those dollars, right? Mm. So that's what's driving your inflation. So the, so you can totally see why Bukele did this, because um, there was zero benefit, or there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no downside, not really. Of, of doing it right yeah i think it was more likely to happen in a country that already was using the us dollar than than had their own currency that they liked controlling yep um that hadn't yet gone into terrible inflation which happened to them already i think it was the 80s maybe i'd have to check back it's in that documentary that the colonists became we well, yeah, were just inflating way too quickly yeah somebody should somebody me so look at create a list of countries in the world that are using the US dollar either as their only currency or as their proxy currency um, or I think know. I think someone did it I saw it on Twitter somewhere that for that reason sort of that that they're more likely to take on Bitcoin as legal tender before other countries if they're already using some already using the US dollar anyway yeah yeah, yeah. and there are quite a few yeah yeah and even sorry because the um with the Central African Republic story as well I mean you know you get you go back to well, big Did of... they have their own currency, or were they on US dollars? Well, I, I don't. I need to check that back. But a lot sure. of countries um, in Africa are still have that that ties back to France as well. So they maybe, but obviously it was the it would have been the franc at one stage. But then obviously the France are on the euro now. So I don't I don't know is the answer. But I would mm. I'd be interested. I should go and go and look at that because because um, it just makes sense. You could actually probably identify the most likely one dominoes to fall next by doing that because they've got nothing to lose. And everything to gain by doing it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so um, you're on Valus. Mm. Yeah, it was cool to talk to John the other day on the plebcast. 
uh, I put my hand up as a pleb to talk about beef and Bitcoin, and uh, and he actually uh, recognised the hotel room ah. that I'm in now from when he was here no way. back in That's November cool. or whatever. So yeah, it's he wearing a shirt. Much, yeah. Uh, yeah, he had a shirt on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, how was that? That was a good conversation. It was actually. it was a great pod, yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's good. I like yeah, I love what John does. Um, for a long time. Um, He's a really good thinker and really good interviewer, and um, so yeah, it was cool to talk farming. And this this crossover with the with the farming and with the good beef is and Bitcoin is, is hilarious. It's such a big crossover. Mm. Uh, and we've lost him. Will we? Yep. I'm I'm back. I know you're back. Beef. Just go, we go, we go, just go. lost you for about ten seconds there, mate. I haven't managed to find a good supply of uh, grass-fed beef here. Okay. Um, so that's just a huge opportunity. There are so many opportunities here. You just see things that the, that the locals could do with, and that the and that the travelling bitcoiners could do with. And certainly, getting some good grass-fed steaks, ideally even locally grown. Um, so that's I'd, I'd love to set something like that up here, and either as well as having the operation in, in Australia, or or instead of depending on how things pan out in Australia, um, because there's certainly a bit of demand for it. Uh, there's great seafood here being right on the ocean and there's a local seafood market that's quite cheap and uh, they do a lot of ceviches and and big uh, baked fish and roast fish. unfortunately they often cook it in a lot of seed oils but you can ask i've learned how to say in spanish to not have seed oil and to cook it in butter and they've heard it before they're like oh yeah cool we'll cook in butter like yeah there's heaps of bitcoiners who don't like cooking in seed oils <laughs> which is good but um yeah getting some most of the beef here is from nicaragua and it's feedlot grown and even worse they put it in a brine in the in the pack so it's in like a salty brine just per, which to probably preserve has, it or <clears throat> probably has preservatives in it yeah like they're good eating still but um yeah potential here for some some grass-fed beef deliveries for sure so on john's thing you were talking about so your your farm back here is like so 15 acres or something is that yeah it's only small yeah and you were looking at you, you potentially going maybe here to like 100 or something but never massive scale commercial is, and then potentially having some sort of other operation over there like is that is that right is that, that what you're thinking just now i'd love to be able to do both i don't know if it's workable probably the the way that i'd probably set it up here initially would be to try and find some good local growers that they'll they'll be there there's some there's some crossbred cattle on pasture further in the north uh, on the way up to some of the volcanoes that i saw and um, so talking to some of those existing growers and just trying to set up a cold supply chain down to these beach towns which doesn't ex doesn't really exist like the local meat <clears throat> i went to the local market the other day here and the local meat from what i can gather is locally slaughtered and then cut fresh without refrigeration straight to the market mm. um so you yeah so there's just meat and that's fine that's how they do it i don't mean to you know um uh, be too disparaging about how they've done it for years that's fine but uh for me i prefer to be <laughs> cold chain and, and cut in a certain way and actually had some aging because it's just like really fresh really chewy brahmin cattle that um yeah they processed killed and processed and cut fresh and straight to market and if you know what time that's arriving and you get it straight away then great but when we went the stuff there was already you know covered in flies and really daggy looking so we didn't buy any of that stuff and also it won't have been aged, so it'd be very chewy. So it'd only be really good for stewing. And they were straight Brahmin cattle, Boss Indicus. So, but I did see crossbreed English cattle um, in in the north. Um, apparently there's a guy that's been bringing in uh, some genetics from from 
better quality beef and crossbreeding with the local animals. So they're still very well adapted to the sort of tropical type uh, climate here, um, but producing some better some better eating beef. And then um, having it processed and then getting it into a cool room uh, to age for a little bit and then cut properly into steaks and brought down to some of these beach towns. That it would be really good because it's crazy. Like the actually one of the guys we spoke to said most of the, the beef gets exported and then they're importing Nicaraguan feedlot beef. Mm. Typical uh, yeah. feed economy. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Um, so you've got one week left. What's, what's yep, on one the agenda? Left. What's the plan for the final week? I've actually rented a um, apartment uh, up in in the outskirts of San Salvador um, to do a bit more uh, some more motorcycling and some connecting with some more people up there. I'll still be able to pop down to El Zonte, which is only like forty minutes drive straight down <clears throat> down the big hill to the beach because there are there's a fortnightly meet up here and there's oh there's stuff on every day man it's just this, one of these great holiday towns. There's yoga and then there's kickboxing and then there's um, salsa dancing and then uh, so and you don't really need to leave you just you don't need to make any plans you just wander out the door and run into people and start going to different events that you realize were, are on um but yeah for the next week i'll be actually back up in the city because i want to check that out a bit more i want to suss out the availability of good products and services and prices and stuff like that um and then back to australia to see how it feels being back there <laughs> and see how the farm's going apparently it's pouring with rain still is this right it came yeah. back again, yeah. So yeah. it's actually yesterday and today was okay. Um, it's but been yeah, pretty it's been, miserable. Yeah. It's been pretty wet again. So mm. months. I mean, the, the dam will be the dam will still be filled. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you looked into like in terms of co- like? Well, firstly, are you able to as a foreigner buy land? Um, yes. And foreign investment know, rules here are very favourable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... um, there's not clarity. The citizenship by investment at the moment is still very expensive. The stuff that Bekele's talked about and announced hasn't actually come to fruition in any, t- you know, in any formal way. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. talking still about these 52 laws, these new laws that are coming. And, you know, they're in a state of emergency and rounding up thousands of criminals, so they're a little bit busy, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, a lot of people are waiting. Like he, he, he mentioned months ago that it would be maybe three Bitcoin to have a residency or is it a citizenship? It wasn't very clear. Uh, you know, the Bitcoin bond, the volcano bonds were also mentioned and the details of those still haven't come out. So, uh, but yeah, simply the foreign investment already is very easy. Um, <clears throat> and residency based on that, I think is easy, but citizenship is still very expensive. Uh, citizenship by investment is available, but I think it's more than a million dollars at the moment. Oh, wow. So that I think they're working on a more competitive uh, offer, which, you know, he was saying might be three Bitcoin, but what actually comes out in the wash will be will be really interesting. And then, of course, you know, whether you can actually travel because of this COVID bullshit or whatever the next lockdown is, is still an unknown, but I guess you've got to do what you can. Um, so, yeah, from that point of view, and uh, expenses here, um, it's not as cheap as somewhere like Thailand or Asian countries. It's, because, I guess, because of the proximity to the US and so on. Um, at a nice restaurant, the prices are, uh, it's almost similar to Australia. It's not as expensive as Australia, but it's like this hotel room is costing about 100 bucks a night. And um, you can get a good steak for maybe. That's the that's the Valus premium though. If you're sleeping in John's bed, you probably <laughs> you probably was eighty before John was there. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I mean you can live very cheaply here if you just buy the food from the local vendor, and if you just stay in the really basic accommodation, you can still live very cheaply. But there's also there's the shopping malls and the restaurants and stuff are all fantastic. Like the food's terrific, but you will pay twenty or thirty dollars for for a meal if you're eating that way. 
So, um, so the price of land, have you you've looked at that? Um, yeah, I'm trying to suss it out. It's it's changing rapidly right now, especially in El Zonte. There's already this crazy El Zonte premium now. Uh, a lot of the real estate deals seem to be kind of word of mouth. I, I'm aware of at least one. Uh, I'm sure there are many more, but but where people are buying buying with Bitcoin, paying with Bitcoin to buy land here. Uh, that's happening already. They're familiar with it. Um, there are some real estate agents that have listings, but they're not kept up to date. So uh, it's really, I think if you wanted to try to invest in some land or in a, in a townhouse or a house or apartment here, then you really got to be here mm. and have a good look around and spend some time here and just get to know the locals who are in the know and someone knows someone who's thinking about selling. And there are large land holdings available and for sale. Like, um, I'm aware of a 60-acre block that went recently that was paid for with Bitcoin. And, um, so it wouldn't be easily or it wouldn't be – you wouldn't you might not end up with something great if you try to do it remotely. You'd have to get here and have a good look around. And then there are real estate agents that will show you around and then you might just hear something on the grapevine that's available. Yeah. It's, um, it's changing rapidly. It's, it's going to be so interesting. It's just a case study for everyone, isn't it? And there's going to be mistakes made along the way, but – um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's really good to get the perspective of somebody who's actually gone and is in there and can 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 also, you know, everybody wants to tell the good news stories, but also tell you know the truth of it as well. Yeah. Um, like this is this is difficult. The team was not really working. Some people don't like it. People are, you know, resistant to Bekele or all these things are true. Um, so there's no there's no um, there's no um, no silver bullet. Mm. It just has to. Uh, yeah, I tried to have a I tried to have a reasonable expectation of it, and not, and I think it was res- it was quite. I was fairly right about my expectation in terms that it's not just some freedom utopia place. So I was dis- I didn't know, and I was disappointed to learn that the, the COVID lockdowns here were strict and long, um, which yeah was disappointing to hear. Uh, obviously, all the requirements are gone now, um, but initially it was a multi-month strict lockdown. And if you went out, you could end up in jail. So <laughs> fucking governments everywhere, man. <laughs> and was that applying? That was applying to tourists as well as locals, because sometimes oh, you get this sort of two-tier system as well. When you, yeah, I don't think it would apply to a gringo, to a tourist. No, I think you could have been down here. Yeah, gee, I don't know if you were down here at that time. Probably life was normal in El Zonte at that time. I would say, uh, but I don't know. Um, people couldn't go to work, and and people had to stay home. And sometimes people's home, like people live outside a lot here. Like people's homes, there's, I would say, ninety percent of the homes don't have hot water, and um, they'll have running water, but it'll need to be replenished from time to time, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, and they'll just have sort of a semi-outdoor kitchen and stuff like that. So, um, most of them will have refrigeration, but not air conditioning or anything. So. Being so, they go and wash their clothes in the river, and they go and catch the fish in the ocean, and they're always outside and on the go and having a great time. Um, so I don't know how that would have worked in in a lockdown situation. Uh, yeah, sure. Being locked down in San Salvador could have been quite miserable. I don't know. And masks. Hopefully now? that doesn't happen again. Uh, no longer mandatory, but a lot of people still wearing them inside. Okay. But they don't hassle you about it. They don't, yeah. They, yeah, they seem to not hassle one another about it, but a lot of people are still wearing masks uh, in the city. Not down here, uh, but definitely in the city. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be going that way here. Now, it seems to be people are um, becoming a bit more tolerant of other, hopefully, or 
or uh, maybe not tolerance is the word, just they've sort of given up trying to enforce somebody else to wear a mask when it's... Oh, entirely. So it's just like, yeah. Even you go into a, <clears throat> I don't know, like a dental surgery or something like that, there's signs up saying you must wear a mask. No. I, I went into an orthodontist with my kids and yeah. you must wear a mask in here. All the staff were. No one in the waiting room was wearing mm. a mask and no one was calling them on it. It was just like, well, they've got the sign they've got to probably have yeah, up. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's like... But yeah, anyway. Yeah, thank goodness the hysteria has died down, yeah. Common sense prevailing, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Came, has, has returned yeah. um, for now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take this we'll see how long it hangs around until the next uh, hysteria. Yeah. Uh, so right. yeah cool um well we'll maybe r wrap up there and then we'll have a quick chat afterwards about maybe another supply of um goldfish food and yeah. uh, <laughs> is he still going no he's still there um do you want to yeah wanna, that'd be great give yeah. us a your yeah beef back yeah, better uh, shout I'm, out mate yeah do that you there uh, yeah, so I'm back on Twitter a little bit. So if anyone wants to, and you actually find me on Telegram too for now, I'm not getting hassled too much. Just beef back better uh, on Twitter or on Telegram. Um, so that's a bit of fun. <clears throat> it's been, I got back on Twitter, especially to try to connect up with people who are coming through El Salvador or here already. And, and that's been really useful for that, having had a break of a, a year, maybe a couple of years off Twitter. So, um, so yeah, reach out to me there. I'd love to chat about uh, Bitcoin and freedom and capitalism and, um, and uh, share any information I might be able or contacts I might be able to here in El Salvador because I still really uh, encourage people to come and check it out. Um, I think if we go into this, you know, if we do go into global hyperinflation um, and or deflationary collapse, which sort of seems to be kind of, <laughs> it's one or the other or both that are going to happen, mm. somewhere that is somewhere where all of the vendors are familiar with using Bitcoin might be a really good place to be. Yeah. Um, so this is still, yeah, I'm still pretty excited about El Salvador and what they're doing here. Although some of my some of my comments in, in this discussion have been a, a bit cautionary, or you know, uh, yeah, it's still. It's just about setting realistic expectations, isn't it? Still a comment, so uh, <laughs> they can feel no bad. Really well placed here, I think, coming into. Sorry, I lost you. Yeah, yeah, you're so cutting out, mate. We, we, we might end it there anyway, mate. But, um, yeah, thanks very much for your time. Great to see you again. And I'm sure we'll see you maybe in the next Bush Bash. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Absolutely, man. I'll be home and I've actually re nah. recruited... Uh, 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 sorry, guys. We're losing on ears and um, he's on the side of the world and sometimes things go wrong. Yep. Um, we'll... The government's on to him. <laughs> All right, thanks, mate. Hey, guys, if you've made it this far, thanks so much for listening. Um, the plan with the pod is to do sort of guests one week and um, myself and Brendo the other week, so hopefully that's working for you. If you don't like one of them, just listen to the one you do like. Um, if you want a little bit more um, information from us, you can find it at uh, bitcoin-first.com forward slash learn.